three of our Sunday evening series called Faith Is. And uh, I mean, the last couple weeks, I, I've got excited. We've seen some great stuff in the scriptures. We saw in part one that faith is confident because faith truly believes that God is going to do what his word says he's going to do. And, and so we have every right to be confident and trust in the word of God that it is true, that it's not just some made up thing or that it's not too good to be true. The word of God is true. And then last week, uh, part two, we saw that faith is vocal and that faith will speak up and, uh, and, 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 and claim those things that belong to it. And so this week, we're actually on part three of our faith series. And it's this. We're going to call it Lessons from Blind Bart. And, you know, you're like, well, who, well, who's a Bart? There's a Bart in the Bible? Yes, there's a Bart in the Bible. And uh, we're going to look at him tonight. But uh, it's one of my favorite New Testament stories. It's about this blind beggar named Bartimaeus. And this little guy and his the few verses of the Bible that are dedicated to blind Bart are uh, absolutely life changing if you can grasp what this little guy had going for him. So let's go ahead and open our Bibles there tonight. Let's just do this. Let's get into Mark chapter 10 and we're going to look at verse 46. <coughs> Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. All right. Now, you, you can't be quiet on me tonight. I'm going to need a little excitement. We're uh, here we go. Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. And this is the story of blind Bartimaeus. And to shorten his name, I just call him Bart. But his real name is actually Bartimaeus. So uh, his dad's name was Timaeus. And uh, so, you know, his son's name was Bartimaeus. But uh, Mark chapter 10, let's look here at verse 46. What I'm going to do is read the whole story, just a couple of verses here. And then we're going to break this down and see why Bartimaeus got the miracle that he got. So Mark 10 and verse 46, it says, Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. Now when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said. I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Now, I love this story because here we are. This is a man that's never seen anything in his life. Okay? He's been blind since birth, and here he is. All He just hears that Jesus is coming by, and he's like, that's all I need. I don't need anything else. I just need Jesus. And this story is just so basic and so simple that you don't have to, you know, be a theologian to break this apart and understand it. All we have here is a man that was in a bad situation. He needed touched by God. All he did was believe. He called on the name of the Lord and he believed. It's as simple as that. And if we can break it down to this, if we can do the same thing 
that Bartimaeus did. No matter what it is you face, Jesus can heal you. I had leukemia. I was crippled. I was going blind. I was, lo- I was in a bad situation when I was nearly four years old, man. I was in a children's hospital. I was dying by the day, man. I, had, I was getting spinal taps. I was getting stuff jabbed up my spine. They were drawing pints of blood out of me and putting blood back into me and, and all this crazy stuff. But listen, when my parents called upon the name of the Lord, when they just shut all the distractions out, even though people were saying, man, you need to just quit that. You need to get real. He's probably going to die. When they ignored everybody else and said, no, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Jesus came in and instantly healed me. I went to bed one night. Sick as could be with leukemia. Woke up the next morning. It was 100% gone. They've been drawing my blood for, I guess, nearly 26 years now or something. There's no trace that I ever had leukemia. And I was able to instantly walk, and I hadn't walked in a very long time. And I didn't just walk. I got up off of a hospital bed in front of a doctor, and I took off running down the hallway and dancing and singing a song that our church sang. And, I mean, the doctors were like, what is wrong? What's going on here? So they kept jabbing me and taking more and more blood. But they said that I had brand-new blood cells. It was... It was just an instant, instant thing. The leukemia didn't slowly go away. It was an instant healing. And so I thank God for that. And, uh, and, and I'm telling you, there wasn't any rocket science to me getting healed. My parents didn't have just some extra Bible knowledge that nobody else has. Uh, they just called on the name of the Lord and they believed that Jesus could do what the Bible says he can do. And I was healed. And so that was, I think, in 1988 or something like that. And I've been 100% perfectly healthy ever since then. So the word of God works, but we've got to do some of these things that Bartimaeus did. And so let's break it down tonight into, I think, four points here. The first one is this. What's the first thing that that Bartimaeus did? Number one, he took action. He had a problem, but number one, he took action. And so many people, they have problems, and that's basically the end of their story because they don't ever do anything about it. They just sit there hoping that things will get better. And listen, just hoping for things to change is not good enough. Because if just hoping that things will get better was the answer to everything, listen, none of us would have any problems. But the truth of the matter is this, is that tons of people have problems. Billions of people have problems that never change because they never make it to point number one. They don't ever do anything about their problems. And the first thing that Bartimaeus did was he took action. So verse 47, check this out. We just read this, verse 47. It says, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so when he heard the word, okay, we know Jesus is the word according to John 1. He heard about Jesus. He heard the word of God. He acted on it and he did something about what he was hearing. And listen, I'll bet there was a lot of other people in the crowd that day that had, you know, that were in kind of the same boat as Bart. I'll bet there's a lot of people with really bad problems, okay? Maybe they weren't blind. Maybe, maybe they had marriage issues. Maybe they had problems with their kids. Maybe they had some other sickness. But I guarantee you, in a large crowd, there were more than one person that had problems. So there's a lot of people with problems, and there was a lot of people that had the exact same access to Jesus. In fact, Bartimaeus had less access than anybody else. He was way off the road, and he couldn't even see Jesus. All right. 
But all those other people, why didn't everybody else get their answer that day? Why didn't everybody else receive a miracle? Well, because not everybody else did something about the word that they heard. And it's the same thing that's true in 2016. I see sometimes people with the exact same problems, all right? I may see two different people come in for prayer or come into church or, you know, on the internet or whatever, have basically the exact same problems, yet all the time I see it where one person receives their miracle, one person gets what they're praying for, and the other person, they don't really seem to have anything change. It's like nothing happens to them. And why is that? Is it because that God likes one person more than the other? That can't be it, because I've got several verses that say God has no favorites. God loves all of his children the exact same. So God has no favorites. So it's not that Jesus liked Bart more than other people. It wasn't that at all. It's that Bart did something. He not only called on the name of the Lord, he believed that something was going to happen. And it's the exact same thing in our day and age. It's not enough to just have a problem and hope that things will change. You've got to do something about the problem. You've got to bring it to Jesus and you've got to believe that something is going to change when you get it to Jesus. So it's not enough to just hear about Jesus or acknowledge that he's real. You've got to call upon him. And, you know, I I heard Pastor Willie George one time I was listening to him preach and he said, it's not good enough to just listen to the word of God. And I was like, what? That doesn't sound very good. It's not it's not. But he's absolutely true. It's not just good enough to just hear the word of God. You've got to be a doer of the word of God. And why would I say that? Well, a very familiar verse to a lot of us is James 1.22. So look that up. James 1.22. And this is one of the first verses that I probably learned growing up. Uh, but James 1.22, you've got to know this verse because, of course, the, one of the biggest step to getting things changed is to hear the Word of God, but it's not good enough to just hear the Word. There's a second step to it. So James 1.22, I'll let you get there. But James chapter 1, verse 22, it says this, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And so if all you do is hear the word of God, but never obey the word of God, you never do the word of God, listen, it says you're going to deceive your own self. And so it's one thing to know, well, man, I know I've heard all the scriptures. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. It says to forgive and and you'll be forgiven. It says, listen, it's a good thing to know those things, but it's a whole other thing to actually obey the word of God in this situation. And so if somebody makes you angry, it's not good enough to say, well, I'm ticked off at them. I'm going to retaliate. I know the Bible says to forgive. And so I've heard the word in that situation. Listen, it's not good enough to just hear it. You've got to actually obey and do what the word of God says to do. If you don't do that, right here it says that you're going to deceive your own self. And I, I mean, I'll say it right now. A deceived person is a sad thing to look at because they're looking all over the place trying to blame other people. They're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on and they can never figure it out that it's them that's the problem because they've heard the word, but they just won't do the word. They just won't obey it. 
And Bartimaeus, in this situation, he didn't just hear about Jesus, he did something about Jesus. He became a doer of the word, and he shouted out, and he brought his problems to Jesus. And so it wouldn't have done him any good to just have the knowledge that day that, oh, well, Jesus is coming by. He heals people. I've heard all about him. He's the great healer. He's the, he's the one. But, you know, here he comes. It wouldn't have done any good to just acknowledge that Jesus was walking by. He had to do something about the word. And when he did, it changed his life forever. And I'll bet I could ask in this room right now, has there ever been a point in time where you didn't just hear the word, but you took it a step further and you obeyed what that scripture told you and it changed your life? Anybody in here? I mean, I know some of you guys, I know your testimonies, and I know some of you, you decided to actually obey what the word of God said and it changed your life. It brought you out of addiction, didn't it? It brought you out of, you know, broken homes and disaster that you were facing. It healed your life and your marriage because you decided to do something about the word of God that you heard. And so anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's what Bartimaeus did that day. Anybody that calls on the name of the Lord, Romans 10, 13, it says they will be saved or you could say they will be healed. They will have their peace restored. They will receive answers from God. Anybody who calls on the name of the Lord is going to hear from Jesus. And if they'll obey what the word of God says, if they will take action against their problems, listen, help is on the way. And Jesus is going to hear you because... We quote, it's up there, Psalm 34, 7. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. I love this verse. He rescues them from all their troubles. God hears you. He hears you. He knows what you're going through. And it says right here, Psalm 34, 7. He hears you and he rescues his people from all their troubles. But the, the sad part is, is way too many people, they never get to that step. They never call out and call on the name of the Lord. They just sit there and try to deal with it on their own. And listen, you can't handle your problems on your own. If you could, you would have been through them a long time ago, wouldn't you? If you could fix your own problems, why would you need Jesus? If you could save yourself to get to heaven, if you were that good, you'd be there. If you could heal yourself, if you could restore yourself, if you could work out peace on your own terms, you would have done it, but you can't. You need Jesus to be the answer, and you've got to call on him just like Bart did. And so, number one, he took action. And the second thing that he did is this. Number two is he ignored the haters. He ignored the haters. You're like, well, what's a hater, man? A hater is somebody that comes in and tries to tell you, eh, it's not going to work, yeah, I don't just, just give up right now. Somebody that tries to discourage you and bring you down. I mean, that's a hater. And what you've got to do with haters is you've got to ignore them and you've got to shake them off, man, because haters aren't going to get you anywhere. So let's look at this, verse 48. All right, and just hold your place in Mark 10 because we're going to be flipping back there all night. We will go other places, but we're coming right back. That's our home base. So Mark 10, verse 48, and, and check this out, all right? He ignored these haters. It says this, 
he's yelling out to Jesus, be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And I will say this right now, passionate people offend lukewarm Christians. Passionate people, they offend carnal Christians, they offend worldly people, they offend lukewarm Christians. And I've seen this so many times where somebody that knows so much about the Bible, they're so knowledgeable, they've been to Sunday school, they've been in this for 50 years. And I get someone in here that just came off of drugs and they're like, Jesus, I love you. And everybody else is, man, shut that guy up. He is so loud. Can you believe it? I'm like, you shut up. We don't have room for you. All right. Listen, if you're passionate about Jesus, you're going to rub people the wrong way. And they're going to be like, well, who does he think he is? I mean, what's what got into him? He thinks he's all. Yeah, man, Jesus saved him. And listen, I mean, one of my favorite examples is my brother, Jesse, back here. Jesse Garcia. Let's hear it. For my bearded little buddy. All right. I mean, some of you remember when Jesse first came into the church years ago, but he was delivered from, I mean, I'll let him tell his testimony sometime, but all kinds of things, okay? Jesse wasn't the little saint that he is now. And, uh, and so Jesse comes in, and I mean, this guy's on fire. He's loud. He's, he, and we, when we took up offering, he'd jump up. Woo! And it, people are like, what's this guy's deal? I mean, Jesse just came up. He didn't have a job. He was homeless. But if he had a penny, he put it in the offering, and he just danced his way up here, dropped it in, and he was so happy. He was so happy to be at church. And I remember we got this one lady. She came in. She's, she's not here anymore, bless her heart. But, but she's, she actually asked us one day, can you ask that guy to be quiet? I'd like to invite some of my friends, but uh, he's so loud, I'm afraid that, that he's going to offend him. And, I mean, our verbatim answer was, no, absolutely not. If God did for you what he did for Jesse, you'd be up there dancing and shouting and skipping too. So listen to me. We're not going to tell Jesse to shut up. If you don't like loud churches, I'm gonna, this is probably not the church for you. We're very loud, we're very weird, and we're very crazy. But we're very happy, and we like it. And so, listen, you know, if you're looking for a quiet, you know, whatever type of, whatever your thing is, I mean, that's fine, but High Desert's probably not the church for you. You need to, you know, we don't, we love you, we're not mad at you, but go find a quiet church. We're loud because Jesus healed us. Jesus saved us. Jesus brought us off the streets. Jesus gave us another chance when nobody else would. When people said, oh, he's a loser, there's no, no hope for him. Jesus said, I, no, I see something right there. I can do something with that guy. Get him over there. And Jesus gave us another chance. And so, yes, we're loud. Yes, we're passionate. But if Jesus did for you what he's done for us, you'd be the exact same way. And so... The passionate ones are the people who have had a true experience with God. They don't just hear the word, they've done the word. They didn't they haven't just memorized 65 verses and you know they're awesome now. No, they've obeyed maybe one or two verses. The two verses they know, they obey them and they do something about it and God is working miracles in their life. And so they're going to be loud, they're going to be passionate and we're absolutely totally fine with that. So, listen, there's a lot of people, though, they, you know, they, they're calling out to Jesus, 
They're starting to take a little bit of action. And then this group of haters shows up. Well, listen, young man, you're new to the. I've been a Christian all these years. And I'm just telling you now, it doesn't really work that way. And, I'm, and they just come and try to rain on their parade. And so a lot of people, they get to this step that, that Bart's out here, maybe point number two. They're, they're starting to, you know, get a little loud and they're starting to get passionate. And then somebody comes in and tries to correct them and just rain on their, on their situation. And a whole lot of, unfortunately, people, they listen to those, to those haters. They listen to the naysayers. They listen to the people that say, well, that, that can't be so. And I'm telling you, that's detrimental. When somebody comes in and tells, if you've got a verse that says, God can do this for you, listen, that's all you need. I don't care if some theologian or somebody that's been to five Bible schools comes in and says, well, yeah, but that's not really for you. No, listen, you, you ignore them and you do what the Word of God says. And I've shared this story, but one time uh, when we were little kids, my mom sent us to vacation Bible school to this little country church. We grew up out in the country. And so, for whatever reason, mom thought it would be a nice idea to send us to this nice little denominational church out in the country. And so, we're going to vacation Bible school out there. And, I mean, my, my, the teacher in my class looked like she was about 150. She was really old. And I say that, you know, respectfully, but she was super old. And so, and she looked, I mean, you know... I, I'm not being mean, but some people, you know, they're, they just, they got that look about them. They don't have any joy of the Lord. And I'm like, why are you, why are you the one teaching kids? You're terrifying. And so she reads the story about, uh, about the men that cut a hole in the roof and lowered their, their crippled buddy down to Jesus. Remember that story? And Jesus says, go, your sins are forgiven. And the lame man was healed. And so she's reading this story. And then she, I remember she just closes her Bible. Now listen, boys and girls, that's a good story, but you need to know that Jesus doesn't do things like that anymore. And, you know, all these little kids just heard this story. They're all excited. Oh, wow, gee, oh. And, you know, she, why would you tell us a story about Jesus and say he can't do it anymore? What's wrong with you? And so, I mean, I'm right there. I'm, I've been healed of leukemia by this point. And I, I've seen all kinds of miracles. Uh uh-uh, uh, yes, he does. No, no, Jesus still, yes, he does. And, you know, and I'm ready to like have a full out debate with this lady. But listen, she came in trying to rain on all these little kids' parades, tell them some miraculous story and say it's too good to be true. He can't do it for you. So if you ever get crippled, little boy, you're on your own. Tough luck. Sorry for you. But no. I was already at the point, I was raised by these parents that said, if the Bible says it's true, it's true. If Jesus healed 2,000 years ago, he'll heal you today. Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So why would Jesus choose to not heal people anymore? Why would Jesus choose to not help people anymore? The simple answer is, he still does. All it takes is for somebody to call upon Jesus and believe in him and call upon his name and ignore the haters that are coming against them. And listen, people that are trying to talk you out of your miracle, people that are trying to tell you it can't be so, they don't hold the answer to your problems. They don't hold a miracle for you. So ignore them and listen to the one that does. Until they've got the miracle, until they've got the answer, I don't care what they have to say. I'm listening to Jesus. 
and I'm listening to people that are going to encourage me and build me up. And so listen, you're in a great church right now. I'm not just saying that because I go here and work here. I'm saying you're surrounded by people that truly believe that God is for you. You're surrounded by people right now that want to see you succeed in life. You're sitting next to somebody that wants to see you be a complete success. You're sitting next to somebody that wants to see you be the happiest, most joyful person in the world. And not only that, we believe that God is able to make this happen. Because He's done it in our lives. Amen? And so, until these haters, until these people hold the answer for you, which they never will, ignore them, don't listen to them, and just listen to Jesus, even if people were telling you to be quiet. Listen, if somebody had just, I mean, if you were sitting here bleeding to death, someone had stabbed you, and we have a medical doctor sitting on the front row, I wouldn't just say, sir, excuse me, um, I've got kind of an, I, I, I'm, I'm bleeding, sir, could you maybe, yeah, I don't know if it's a band-aid or something, sir, please. No, I'd be saying, doctor, help me. You know, I'd be yelling out and I'd be, I would, I don't care how stupid I looked if I was dying. I don't care what you thought about me. I don't care if you said, man, he needs to chill out. He's going to offend me. He's going to scare the kids. Oh my Lord. I don't care what you would think if my life was on the line. I would do everything I could to get the attention of the one person in the room that could save me. And that's exactly what Bart was doing right here. He didn't care what he looked like. And you've got to get to the place where you don't care what people think anymore. I don't care what people think about me. If I'm in a bad situation and I need to call upon the name of the Lord, I'll stop right there in a crowd of people. I'll get on my knees and I'll pray to heaven. And I don't care if anybody else thinks I'm weird. I don't care what anybody else thinks. They can't help me. If they could, maybe they would have. I don't know. But only Jesus can. And I'm going to get his attention. And if I have to yell, I'm going to yell. If I got to cry, I'm going to cry. If I got to run in circles and dance, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to get a hold of Jesus. And I'm not going to care what anybody else has to say. So listen, ignore the haters in your life and listen to Jesus and keep your attention on him He is the only one that can help you at this point. And on top of that, what if that doctor miraculously saved your life? Oh, I'd be thanking him really loud at that point, too. You know what I mean? I wouldn't just say, oh, thank you, doctor. I just want to say, no, I'd be yelling, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You saved me. And that's what all of us are doing to Jesus in here because our lives were on the line. Whether you had cancer like me or not, whatever your situation was, if you're in here, Jesus got you here, and I don't have any problem at all with you shouting out, thank you, Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, and I, you know, I mean, I'm going to thank him to the day that I die, because I'd already be dead if it wasn't for Jesus, and so I'm never going to get tired of saying thank you, Jesus, and I'm never going to get tired of sharing my testimony, because it gives glory to God. Number three is this, what's the third thing that Bart did here? He threw his past behind him. He threw his past behind him. I want to show you verse 50. Mark 10, verse 50. Look at this. Mark 10, verse 50. It says, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Now, you've got to understand that his garment, his coat, was more than just a coat. It was more than just his garment. 
back in this day and age, I mean, people with different sicknesses, they, uh, they, you know, they were given different colors of clothing from the government to allow them, for instance, to beg. And so if you're a blind guy, maybe they give you a green coat or whatever, and that's your official license to beg. Other than that, you're not allowed to go out and beg and panhandle. They're going to put a stop to it. But if you've got this government-issued coat, it's like, oh, well, okay, he's allowed to be there. We can't do anything to him. And so Bartimaeus right here, he's got this coat, this garment, that gives him the right to beg. This is his only means of income. This is his only resource for providing for himself is to be able to go out and beg. And a whole lot of people, they're not willing to let go of what's holding them back. They still want that safety net. They still, they still, they, they, they like the idea of being healed. They like the idea of having a better life, but they just can't let go of the past. But Bartimaeus, at this point in time, before Jesus ever healed him, this is significant, and most people don't, don't see this. They, don't, they, they look right over this. But before Jesus had even healed him, he takes his coat off. Jesus says, stand up and come here. That's all he needed. He didn't wait until Jesus laid hands on him. He didn't wait until he could fully see. So many people are like, well, when, I, when it's a fully done deal, then I'll toss it behind and then I'll move on. But Bartimaeus, he said, okay, he called me. He takes the coat off. He throws it down, and he starts walking to Jesus. There's a lot of power in that moment right there. What if he didn't get healed? And now his coat's gone. What if someone else grabs it, you know, and takes it as their free chance to be able to go, you know, be a bum and, you know, beg or whatever? What, what if Jesus said, come here, Bart, you need to be quiet. You're offending everybody. Well, you know, what, he had no idea what Jesus was going to say. But before Jesus ever even healed him, he's like, no, it's over. I don't need this anymore. I don't want to beg. I want to go out and I want a brand new life. And as he threw this behind, he's taking a big risk here. He's never worked a day in his life. He couldn't. He couldn't see anything. Here he is at the age of whatever. Let's say he's 30. He's going to have to go out now. He's going to have to probably learn to read. There's no Braille. He's going to, you know, there's no handicap accessible stuff. He's going to, at this point in time, he's going to have to go learn a trade. No one's just going to be handing him money anymore. He's going to have to learn how to work and provide for himself. But he's saying, I am so done with this. I don't want to, I want to see. I'm done being blind. I'm done being, sitting on the side of the road, wilting away every day, dying by the second. I don't want it anymore. I want better than this. Jesus, heal me. And he throws this coat aside and he's, he's taking a risk. And maybe you're in here tonight and you're wanting Jesus to change your life. Maybe there's something you're holding on to. Maybe you, you feel Jesus saying, I'm ready to change your life, but I need you to let go of this. I need you to let go of this one thing. I need you to toss it behind. I promise you, you don't need this anymore. You don't need that prescription anymore. You don't need these, these drugs. You don't need those cigarettes. You don't, you don't need these people. Just get rid of them right now and just come to me. I promise you, it's going to be okay if you'll just do things my way. Just toss it aside. Come on. And so many people, they're torn. They're saying, I, I want this, Jesus. I, I want this miracle, but... But I've always had these. I don't know if I can let go. I, 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 these, these are my safety. These are my protection. These are the things I've always had. I don't know. And they're torn. 
But you've got to be like Bart and you've got to say, I don't need him anymore. All I need is Jesus. I don't need this anymore. I just need Jesus. And so what is it that you're going to do? Are you going to do what Jesus is saying to do? And so many people, they're just not sure. They're just not ready to fully give in and do what Jesus is asking them to do. And, you know, I know a lot of people that even though their current status is bad, they just don't want to give it up. They've grown accustomed to it. They're just accepted it. Well, this is, it's what, that's, I'm just going to live with this till I die. I'll just play the hand that fate has dealt me. And, you know, I can remember one time we were at a church in Indiana. We had a fellow, a, a, a girl that graduated from Bible college with us. And, and so she had been praying for, people were getting healed that day. I mean, this girl's laid hands on blind people and, and they've gotten healed. And so she's, some powerful miracles have happened through this, through this girl. And so people were getting healed that day. And this guy comes up and he's like, I have, I have diabetes. And she's like, oh, well, do you want Jesus to heal you? And he's like, no, no, I'm good. I'll just, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'll, I'll just keep it. And, and, and we're like, are you, are you sure? I mean, we've seen people get healed right here today. I mean, diabetics, everything. People are getting healed. Are you sure? We can't even pray for you. No, I'm fine. This is just kind of my thing. It's, it's what I've got. You know, it's, I've just accepted it. I'm, I'm fine with it. And, and sure enough, he walked away. And of course, you know, nothing happened for him. But I'm thinking, man, you've just accepted this? And, you know, I'm not, if that's how you want to live, that's fine, you know. God's not going to force healing and blessings on you. And I'm not mad at you. I'm not judging you. That's fine. I mean, I don't want to live with sickness. But, I mean, if you do, that's, that's cool. If that's, you just want to accept it, that's fine. But so many people have just accepted it and said, well, it's, it's just the way it is. They don't even give Jesus a chance to come in and heal them. But Bartimaeus wasn't like that. He was saying, no, I am done with this pathetic miserable existence. I don't want to rely on people anymore to toss me a bone. I don't want to rely on on anybody. I want healed. I want to work. I want to see. I want to live a normal life. And when he did these things that we're pointing out here, Jesus healed him. And then, you know, I find it really interesting in verse 51 that Jesus said, all right, what do you want me to do for you? Don't you think that's kind of weird? Why did Jesus ask the blind guy, what do you want? Why? Because Jesus was going to do whatever that he said. Because Jesus said, according to your faith, be it done unto you. Bart could have asked for anything at that point. He could have said, Jesus, what I really want, I want a closer spot to the road. <clears throat> that way when I'm begging, I'll, be, you know, I'll get money before the other blind guys do. If you could just give me the closest spot next to the road, Jesus would have said, Okay, done deal. Or if he could have said, Jesus, could you get me a bigger change jar to hold the change in? Or Jesus, could you, you know, he could have asked for anything because Jesus is standing right there and he says, what do you want me to do for you? But he said, I want to see. And so in our lives, imagine this, Jesus standing right before you and you know what your problem is. You know what's holding you back. And he says, all right, I'm here. What do you want? What is it that you want me to do for you? What are you going to tell him? Are you going to say, well, I don't know. I'd really like it if maybe, you know, this could happen. I, I'd like it if this over here, or maybe if we could just squeak by, if, you know, maybe we could just have enough ramen 
top ramen noodles to make it through the winter. I mean, whatever it is you're asking for, Jesus is standing there saying, I'm here. What do you want me to do for you? But Bartimaeus made the right choice. He said, Rabbi, I want to see. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to see. And he asked for the impossible. And listen, if you're in an impossible situation, this is the perfect time to come to Jesus. He's the only one that can help you. If you are facing an impossible situation, if you are facing something that you cannot handle on your own, you are just ripe for a miracle. You are in the perfect position to see the hand of God work. And so right here, he asked for the impossible. He said, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said, you've got a man. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Your faith has healed you. And Jesus, notice again, something else I find interesting. Jesus didn't say, my power has healed you. Yes, Jesus' power did heal him. But listen, the power of God's always available, but it takes somebody's faith to reach out and grab it. And so Jesus made that point very clear. He said, your faith did this. We all know the obvious thing is, yes, it was Jesus' power, but Jesus made a very specific point to say, your faith did this for you. Go, you're healed. And so in our lives, what, is your faith to the point where you can just reach out and grab whatever it is that you need from Jesus? It takes your faith. He's willing. He's able. Oh, yeah, he's able. And, and, and we know from the scriptures, he's willing to come in and rock your world. But it's according to your faith. So it's going to take your faith to say, I believe. I trust you, Jesus, that you can do this. And so that's what I'm asking you tonight is, what do you want Jesus to do? It's up to your faith. He's willing and able, and His power's available because Jesus Christ never changes. If He could heal back then, He can heal now. If He could provide back then, He can provide in 2016. If He can cast devils out back then, He can do it today. But listen, it takes your faith stepping up and saying, Jesus, I believe. So do you believe tonight? Do you believe that Jesus can bring you out of your troubles? If you do... Tonight could be your night to receive it. Tonight could be your night to have your world rocked and shaken to the core and you'll never be the same again. But the fourth thing is what I want to tell you here tonight. The fourth thing, because this is one of the best parts of the story. Number four, lessons from Blind Bart. He followed Jesus even after he got what he wanted. He followed Jesus even after he got what he wanted. And I've seen so, I mean, I am so, so many people walk through these doors. And I, I, before my very eyes, I've seen just Jesus completely heal somebody. I saw one lady heal the cataracts right here. I've, I've seen people just delivered from drugs and everything else. And after a short amount of time, man, month later, hey, where's that one girl? Where's that one guy? Hey, they go what they wanted. They're gone. They're good. Hey, thank you. All right, Jesus, I got what I needed. All right, I'm gone. And, and they're gone. And they, they don't come back to Jesus till they need something else again. That's sad. 
They just come whenever they need a fix, when they need a, they need a little Jesus, they need a little hit. Oh, okay, I'll come in, Jesus, things are going bad again. They get what they want. All right, I'm good, got what I needed, I'm on my way. Listen, that's sad, and oh my gosh, I, if I, I couldn't even begin to count how many times I've seen that happen, where they just get what they want, and they are gone. But Bartimaeus didn't do that. Look at verse 52 again. Verse 52 so Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Jesus told him, God, you're healed. But this man, he made the decision, no, man, I, I'm following you. Where I am going where you're going. I don't ever want to be on my own again, Jesus. I'm Thank you for healing me, but I'm sticking with you, man. And so don't be that person that Jesus saved you, Jesus healed you, Jesus gave you your family back, Jesus got you the job, Jesus got you out of that bad financial situation, and then you just hit the road and forget about Jesus till you need him again. Don't be that guy. Be the one that says, hey, man, I'm sticking with you. I don't care what anybody else does. I'm sticking with Jesus. And that's the attitude you have to have, man, because if you stay a Christian very long, you're going to see some people fall by the wayside. You're going to see some people that you thought would never leave church, some people you thought would never walk away from Jesus. Inevitably, you're going to see some fall away. But don't look at them. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And you've got to say, I don't care if everybody I know leaves Jesus, I am sticking with you for my whole life. I'm going to the grave holding on to Jesus, and I'm going to heaven with him. I'm never letting go. And so Bart followed Jesus. And I want to show you a quick verse here, Hebrews 13, 5. We'll throw that up on the screen. But it's an interesting point. Hebrews 13, 5. And I really want to focus on the last part of this verse. But it says, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have. But I want to look at this second part here. It says, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so Jesus has told us, I'm never leaving you. I'm in this for the long run. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But so many people, they do leave Jesus and they do forsake Jesus. It's not fair. He won't do it to you. Don't do it to him. Don't do it to him. Don't leave Jesus. Don't forsake him just because you've got what you needed and there's no problems right now. Well, everything's good. You know, I, the kids are doing good. Fine. I've never had such a good job. I mean, money's great. I'm in good health. Hey, you know, we're good. We're, we're, we're going to do our thing for a while. You know, we'll see you when we see you. Don't be that guy. Stick with Jesus through good, through bad, through up and down, through rain or shine. Stick with Jesus because he's never going to leave you. Now listen, he'll always give you another chance. He said, I'll leave 99 to chase down that one. If I've got 100 sheep and one of them strays off, I'll leave those 99 and I'll chase that one down in the ditch and pull them out. I'll give them another chance. But isn't it sad if he has to keep chasing the same one down all the time, every week, every day? Oh, he's off again. There he goes again. You keep, he'll keep doing it, but then he shouldn't have to. You should be able to stick with him. And so again, you know, we're not saying that to make you feel bad. We're saying he's not going to leave you. Don't leave him. At least give him the same respect and the same honor that he's given you. And I want to show you one 
final story here tonight. Please turn with me to Luke 17. This is our last thing. Luke chapter 17. Who's getting blessed? Who's learning from blind Bart? Luke 17. Let's look at verse 15. Luke 17, verse 15. Amen. And so here we are in Luke 17. And one day Jesus is walking down the road and these ten guys with leprosy come up to Jesus. And Jesus, heal them. And of course, if you don't know what leprosy is, it's a disgusting disease that rots away your flesh off of your bones. It's, I mean, I've seen pictures of it. And there, are, it, it's, there is still leprosy in certain parts of the world, third world countries, where, I mean, your flesh just rots off the bone. And you just, I mean, it's disgusting to see. But there's these ten guys. And back then, any, anybody with leprosy, they made you live outside of town. You had, to, you had to live out there and we'll toss you some scraps every now and then. But stay away from us. We don't want it to spread. So they quarantined you into your own little village. But these ten guys, of course, they hear about Jesus. And they're like, there he is, Jesus, heal us, heal us. And so Luke chapter uh, 17, verse 15. Uh, so Jesus healed all of them, okay? Get that right now. Jesus healed every single one of them. Verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet thanking him for what he had done. Now, this man was a Samaritan. So Jesus healed ten guys. Nine were Jews. One was a Samaritan. The Jews were Jesus' chosen people at the time, all right? And so out of the ten, only one comes and says, thank you. He falls down at Jesus' feet, thanking him, praising him, worshiping him, and this one guy wasn't even one of Jesus' people. It was, a, as Jesus calls him, a foreigner. He was a Samaritan. So look at this. Jesus notices this. Verse 17, Jesus asked, Hey, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. There's that phrase again. But listen. Out of ten guys, only one came back and said, thank you, Jesus. Now, we couldn't use this as an exact, you know, statistic. But I'd say this may be pretty close to <clears throat> out of ten, every ten people, Jesus completely heals and changes their life. I'd say maybe one out of ten, maybe ten percent really, truly thank him for what he's done. Maybe ten percent really, truly follow him down the road the rest of the way? I don't know how many of you could for sure say, but isn't that crazy that if Jesus healed you from your, your skin is rotting off of your body and he completely heals you and you have brand new skin all of a sudden and you don't even stop to say thank you? You're just like, oh, yes, man, I can get back to life now. Let's go. Woo! And you just, you just walk back into town. Hey, everybody, look at this. All right. Hey, who wants to play some ball? Let's watch the game. Let's get some hot wings. You know, whatever it is that you want to do. But you don't even go back to say, man, thank you for saving my life. Only one guy did. And so this is the final lesson from Blind Bart is follow Jesus even after you get what you wanted. Thank Jesus 
even if he healed you 10 years ago, even if, even if it's been a long time that he saved your life, man, you should still thank him. You should still give him praise. And when people say shut up, say no. I'm just, just because of that, I'm going to yell even louder now. Thank you very much. You know, if somebody says you need to be quiet in church, you say no. I just, just, uh, just because of you, I'm shouting even louder. Thank you, Jesus. And you get even louder. Listen, be like blind bark. Take action against your problems, all right? Don't just accept them and ignore the haters that are telling you, no, can't be that. No, 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 not anymore. Jesus doesn't do that anymore. Ignore those guys, all right? Don't listen to them. And then you've got to, you've got to follow him even after you get what you wanted. And I'm telling you, these four ingredients right here, they're basic. They're not deep, but they will change your life. If you'll let them. Amen. So these are our faith lessons from Blind Bart. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight.